0: Hey friends, welcome to the Love Intently Podcast, where each week I bring you relationship experts, inspiring couples, and first-class relationship thought leaders from around the world. I'm on a mission to explore what exactly makes love last and to empower a generation to have strong relationships. I'm your host, Sophie Kwok, the chief love enthusiast who believes that relationships are the most important part of our lives. Hi everyone, it's Sophie, and this week we're answering one of the most asked questions about love intently, the why and how we started. I realized as a young female founder, I hid behind my brand. I was terrified of people knowing me, my story, and how far I am from having it all figured out. But then I realized how many people related to my story and could benefit from it. And I decided it was time to stop hiding and to start sharing my story, my passion, and my mission behind what we do. I asked a dear friend, an incredible storyteller, Brandon Hill, to come on and have a conversation with me. And here's my story, why I found a love intently, where we came from and why I'm so passionate and also where we're going.
1: Give me a little bit about Sophie. Who is Sophie? Tell me about yourself.
0: I will bring you back to my roots. I am from Houston, Texas, originally. I'm an only child. Both my parents are from Hong Kong, and I pretty much lived in Houston my entire first 18 years, and grew up in Sugar Land and went to Arizona State to study interior design and sustainability. And then after that, I worked as an interior designer for about a year until I got an opportunity to go to grad school at Austin Center for Design, which led me to create Love Intently.
1: Tell me about what does Sophie do on a Thursday evening when she's got no work to do, if that ever exists. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. um, you know, when when you've got downtime, what uh, what do you usually do when it's like, all right, nothing on my calendar? You enjoy doing what?
0: I love reading when I have time to do so, and I also really enjoy just being outside, and whether it's going on a hike or hammocking. I love writing as well. It's not something I do or allow myself space to do very much, but I do find it really filling for my soul. And it's funny because I feel like a lot of people have been asking recently, what do you do on your downtime? And I'm like, downtime. I spend a lot of time supporting my friends when I'm not doing my own stuff and going to their events, which is something that I really do love doing is empowering others and their dreams as well. And then beyond that, I love cooking. I love hosting people. I love going to shows and just exploring, I think, some of the creative sides that I've kind of had to shove in a closet for a little bit as I embarked on this, building this tech company. but. Yeah, those are some things I love doing.
1: Awesome. Okay, and you and I both really love like personality stuff. Yes. So tell me um, some of your favorite personality typing things um, To for other personality nerds out there. Who is Sophie on those spectrums?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I will also preface this because I know some psychologists are probably listening in that I believe that these frameworks are really just more of a map and less of a GPS at director every step. And I just think they've been really helpful tools for me to understand myself deeper, and I can totally understand how there's certain types of people where it can become dangerous and lethal if it's not sure, understand yeah. that understanding. But for me, so I am an ENFP slash J, and I say that because I swear every time I take the Myers Briggs, <laughs> I go back and forth on the J and the P. I think it depends on the season of life. Same here. And then beyond that, I am a two wing three on the Enneagram. I think we've established in our conversations that I'm a very heavy wing three. (laughs) Yeah. I also, as far as my love languages goes, I think I teeter back and forth between words, service and quality time. And I think that also fluctuates with seasons.
1: Hmm. Yeah, you and I both can geek out on that stuff. (laughs) Um, But all right, so back to your story houston to arizona interior design help me see like how how did you end up here um with love intent and Lean? if you want to go through some of that journey but um but yeah lead me up to starting this business
0: yeah absolutely so growing up in houston as an only child with immigrant parents who worked a lot and don't get me wrong i so appreciate everything they've ever done for me but i think watching american tv And then reflecting back on my home, there was a huge divide between what I saw as a perception of what love needed to look like and then a difference in what I experienced in my home. And so growing up, we just kind of fought a lot. And sure, there were happy moments too, but I remember especially during my middle school and teen years – we just really struggled with our relationship and that led into college, which it got a little better because I was able to hang up the phone or decide when I wanted to engage, but we still fought. I felt like on average, every other time that we interacted. And so, yeah, I grew up in Houston and then moved to Arizona for college. I chose to go there because they were ranked in the top 10 in the nation for interior design. And the other alternatives were really expensive design schools that you know, I wasn't even fully bought into design and I knew there was still a slight chance that I would shift into another career, which I ended up doing. Um, But I was too afraid to admit while I was in college. But while I was in Arizona, I knew that interior design wasn't it for me because after being in the field for a few years and doing all these internships with a variety of different firms and working with different people, I just saw that where I thought I wanted to go was not where I wanted to go. And it was a very regimented, very old career path, not old career path, but a very, like architecture has been around for centuries and, and there wasn't a ton of innovation really happening there. Mm -hmm. There's just a strict process that everyone follows and there's a lot of guidelines and regulations around that. And so after college, I got to go on a mission trip to Greece and that was the first time that I got to work with refugees, and that fundamentally shifted everything for me. I mean, it was the first time that I was really forced with these really big life questions in a really intense way. And as I got to know some of these people and started getting you know, people more people that summer, I recognized that across the board, people... Didn't miss necessarily the things or their careers, really, the things that like I was working so hard to strive for. They missed their people, they missed their families, they missed those simple little moments. And for me, I had this moment of like, oh my gosh, I have been running after becoming an interior designer in a big city like San Francisco. Like that was my dream. And it had been my dream for at least two years at that point. And I had totally set myself up to do that. I got my dream internships in LA, had connections that I was going to make and had sent in r- resumes over to designers in San Francisco, totally completely lined up for that. And I had this moment of like, Oh my gosh, if I actually do that, I will probably go home three times a year maximum because let's be real, Houston Mm. is great, but (laughs) it's not my favorite city and there are other cities that I'd rather go to. And my parents don't really take care of themselves. like They totally think exercise is torture (laughs) and they think paleo is crazy. And so... They probably live for another 30, 35 years. And I, that's only 90 more times. And at that time of my life, we were still kind of fighting every other time. We were talking and I was like, oh my gosh, that's only 45 more good memories. Like something has to change. I knew that at my deathbed, I would have regretted not working on that relationship. And so I just started digging deep. Like I had a lot of mentors on this trip with me, and they had gone through something similar with their parents, where they had this huge journey towards redemption and restoration in their relationships. I was talking with them and what they did. They shared some resources and books with me, and so I just did this deep dive and reading. And then I also had this opportunity where I to move back to Texas because I got an offer in Austin, and as much as I hated admitting this, I knew with every cell in my body that I was being called back to Texas. And I was devastated, to be honest. Like I was really (laughs) devastated because there was this dream that I had worked so hard for and I had set myself up for it. And it was like training for a marathon only to realize that I really hated running. And it was like, knowing that my dream was on the other side of the door but I was being called to go to, through a different one and so I was super devastated went back to Houston and decided to live with them for 6 to 8 weeks in between and just made them have a lot of really awkward conversations with me and I was doing all these experiments but I found myself so frustrated it was like one thing to read and know these frameworks, a whole other thing to actually apply it. And granted, most of the stuff I was reading, it's like, if you go to parent psychology stuff, like it's mostly like children and then adults, and then a lot of more romantically based resources, at least as far as the stuff that I could find. And so I, there was just so much guesswork and most of it was very like from the American lens, not really from like a, an American child to immigrant parents. There just wasn't that much resources out there around that. But what was so beautiful about the process is as I started talking about it, even through my frustration, friends would start bawling at dinner with me. Like I just knew it was something that struck some chords and that uh, people really resonate with that. And so I just knew and I started blogging about it and stuff. And fast forward, My relationship with my parents totally took a 180. Like over time, I saw that these like little intentional conversations or moments, they just built up over time. And before we knew it, like I don't remember the last time I fought with him or the last really like ill memory I have of each other. Sure, we get frustrated with each other sometimes, but. That's just more so like, why did you put that there? Not these big moments of like, you really hurt me or these massive misunderstandings. Like Those really haven't happened in a long time. And then I also looked back and knew that it wasn't unique or special to us. Like it was something that I knew that other people could have too, if they just chose it. And I so deeply desired that for my friends and people outside of myself. And so I worked for years as an interior designer quite frankly, kind of hated it because I knew it was a means to an end, even though I was working for one of the top firms in the nation or the world and working on some really cool projects. I just wasn't happy there because I knew it wasn't where I needed or wanted to be. Um, And then I got an opportunity to go to a grad program at Austin Center for Design, where I studied interaction design and social entrepreneurship. And I remember going to their workshop and knowing that that was exactly what I wanted to do because they do a deep dive on understanding human behavior and the whys and what's the deep inner whys and, and the desires of each one of us to solve these big, massive problems mm-hmm. in a very tangible way. And I knew that that program was all shifted towards doing good. And then when I reflect on my life, impact is the one thing that I've always really desired for my life, is to create an impact on the people around me and also create an impact towards the world. And so I decided to take that leap of faith, did grad school. And what was crazy was one of our first topics was, or my te- what my team and I chose was to do re- deeper research on children of refugees. So mostly second gen Asian Americans with parents that survived things like the Cambodian genocide, the Vietnam War, and that entire era. And I never thought about it before, but at this moment when we got assigned this or chose this topic, but everything that is happening with the refugee crisis today pretty much happened decades ago. It just wasn't really documented or talked about. And so it made me understand my friends, parents, and their situations on a whole deeper level. And what was crazy is during this research, One common pattern that we found was across the board, everyone really loved their parents and appreciated them, but they kind of struggled with their relationship with them. Mm -hmm. And that I was like, oh my gosh, this situation isn't unique to me. Like everyone across the boards wants stronger and deeper relationships with their parents, with people in their life, and they just have no idea how to. And when we asked them what they did, they would say, oh yeah, like I would Google this or I would read these books. But again, it was one of those things where one thing to want it, a whole other thing to apply it. And so we recognize that. And so we started working around different ideas on how to improve these relationships and start a lot on more conflict resolution. But they were like, this is really difficult because you're working on years, if not decades of history. But they were like, wait a minute like parents are really hard because you typically don't live with them. You live, a lot of times live in different cities, but what about their romantic relationships? Like a lot of the times we've seen the communication issues or, or some of the, the stuff that you are hard between you and your parents Lot of time overflow into your romantic relationships, and whether you are aware of it or not, or whether you like it or not, they kind of like that's kind of how we learn to love and communicate, and that's kind of our first signs of what a marriage could look like. And so, we then were like, What if we could take a proactive approach towards love and empower people when they're highly motivated and earlier in the relationship? And so, we started testing this with a few couples, and we just saw incredible positive effects through it and and then through that process I got a lot of professors sat me down and just kind of was like Sophie why are you not considering starting this like this is I think you're onto something you should really consider it and then through a series of events I just knew with every part of me that it would be complete disobedience if I didn't and again it was one of those moments of like gosh I am so terrified but every part of my body knows that this is what I'm supposed to do. And when I reflected, I knew that if there was one thing that I could give to the world and empower people in, it's to empower them to have the deep and strong relationships that they they want in their life. And that everyone across the board wanted stronger and deeper relationships. We just have no idea how to do so. And that it's like rarely a lack of love, but just a lack of understanding. And so if we could create something, whether it's just through storytelling or through a tangible tech product or whatever it is to do that, like I wouldn't regret any of it.
1: Mm. Wow. So you're like, three quarters into your movie of your life, like the part where it's right about to be happily ever after doing the thing you've always dreamed of. And you decide, actually, I don't think this is the movie that I want to live. I want to totally pivot to something else. So you don't even know what that is at that point. And yet you go back to Houston, start working on that relationship, which has led you all the way up to this point where you're realizing, I think I might want to give my life to figuring out how do we better relationships and I love how you start with the parent relationship because that's what that's what your story was about is how do I reconcile that? Um, but then you, you know in the tech world, you pivot <laughs> to what is the better approach here? Is it trying to work up a hill with people who have got decades of things or do we figure out what is going to create the better future of relationships? Okay, so you've got people telling you this is something big. This is something interesting. You've got to pursue this. Um, and it sounds, did you listen to that at first and how long did it take you to be like, okay, I'm all in. And what were those first steps that you started to take?
0: Yeah, it's super funny because I had already, so my parents both turned 50 the year that I graduated from my grad program and things got really serious when I, I just had, just to give you a preface of this too, my team completely scrapped our idea like two or what was it like eight weeks before we graduated and granted most people had been working on their idea for like two quarters and we started from scratch like with to create what love intently became and so I had no inclination that what our school project would be would become a real thing I was like no freaking way like we're gonna do the best we can in grad school and then I'm gonna get a job but two weeks before graduation, a friend of ours that uh, was kind of a beta tester, he was an investor at the time. And he was like, hey, if you're serious about doing this, like I'm I'm willing and ready to invest. And I was like, holy crap, like people actually want to give me money for this. Like, what do I, what? This is crazy. And so that's whenever I kind of approached my parents and was like, I remember praying. I was like, God if you are serious about me doing this, I was like, I am not undoing the work I've done with my parents. I was like, the only way is if they're on board and if they have funding. And so-
1: So you're worried that pursuing the very thing that started with your parents' relationship would maybe now undo all that work. Yeah. And okay, so it's like, parents have got to get on board. And what is the chances in your mind that that would happen?
0: Like 25%. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Because they had, they just helped me get through an out-of-state college tuition for a design degree Mm -hmm. that I decided I didn't want to do. And then my dad had always dreamt and hoped of me to go to grad school. So that he was already prepared for, but not so soon, I don't think. And then they had helped me through this grad program. And then now I was like, oh yeah. And then there's this other crazy thing that I want to do. But I think because they, our relationship is a product of, you know, what Leventon stands for, they really, I think, desire this for the world too. And I remember telling my dad, hey, this is what people are saying. What do you think? I'm just keeping you in the loop. And my dad was like, yeah, of course you're going to do it. What do you have to lose your time? And I remember being like, oh my gosh, the impossible happened. (laughs) (laughs) And I remember praying God. I was like, these are your children. So if you want me to do this, you've got to work on their hearts. That's not my job that is not my job. I'm not going to convince them. Like, this is your thing. And he totally did. And my mom was kind of more hesitant, but I think again, our relationship is a product of what love intently stands for. And I think she really wants to support me. And she also really wants us for the world too. And, uh, and she, they got to see my final presentation. They heard the feedback that the crowd gave. And so for them, I think it's been this weird full circle thing of this is their way in investing in the world and and empowering other families to also build this like restoration and redemption in their lives and relationships. And my heart really is to be able to empower families in the long run. We're starting romantically mostly because I think that's where it's the easiest to start. But in the future, my dream would be to empower friendships and family, whether it's sibling, parent, child, whatever that is.
1: Gotcha. Okay. So right now, starting with couples, but this is a bigger thing for you. This is about Mm. relationships as a whole.
0: Yeah. And to go back to how we kind of started, like after AC40, I kind of, oh, my parents had both turned 50. Go back to that. Yeah. My parents had both turned 50. We'd both already all scheduled family reunions on both sides, both of their families abroad. So my dad's side was all meeting up in Australia. My mom's side is all of them are in Hong Kong. And so I had that booked that summer And I was like, okay, I'll work on this for a little bit, run a few beta, like alpha programs, get the results, film a testimonial mooning video, go abroad, do this whole family thing. I was planning on traveling for three months and that had already been set. And then I'll regroup and decide if I really want to do this. And while I was abroad, like universally the I was super shocked. People got the idea and and were so on board. I remember meeting a pastor in Hillsong while I was in Australia. And he was like, oh my gosh. He was like, I was literally just talking to somebody about this. Mm. And he had been married for 10 years. He was like, yeah, me and my wife went through a lot of stuff. He was like, uh, I think they had struggled to have kids so it was a really like they had a few really stressful seasons for them where they went through miscarriages and stuff and and he was like oh absolutely he was like I was just talking to a friend about wishing that there was something like this that existed and he and he and to hear that that it resonated with people across different countries I just knew again in my heart that it was something I needed
1: to pursue that's amazing. Okay. So abroad, this is this is confirmed in you. You're like, yes, this is something that's needed. I'm not just crazy about this idea, but other people are recognizing the value that this could have. Um, so tell me about how this actually gets started and what are your first ideas and lead me up to now and, um, and what Love Intently has turned into.
0: I came back from Australia and then I just sat down and built a website, got the video edited, and decided to launch publicly after the holidays in January. And in that summer before I left, a mentor of mine sat down with me for a full day and just kind of hacked together a system for me where I could send out these texts a little bit more automated, even though it still required quite a bit of my handholding, but it was better than what I was doing before, which was just me manually sending them for my MacBook. And so I tested with that. And I created a system to where people could pay for it monthly and just, you know, had an array of couples sign on. And it was the most terrifying thing because, I th- you knew, and I'm sure you can relate to this as a creative, like releasing this idea that you've been working on for so long into the world and you know that people can bash it and that things about it aren't perfect. Of course, it's nowhere near the vision that you yeah. have for it. But I was like, whatever, I've got to do it. And then I got accepted to a, a accelerator program called Div Inc, which was an accelerator to promote uh, or support minorities in tech, and minority or females in tech. And that also fundamentally shifted everything and decided to move back to Austin, did South by, and then went through Div Inc and that shifted everything because it opened a network of mentors and really embedded me into the Austin tech community, which was amazing. And then from there... I man, it's been a long journey, but we've built different iterations, some that we've had to put down altogether for different reasons. And then but now all of that learning kind of led us to where we are today, where we just launched our beta that is a web, like it's a web app and an SMS um, service. So you interact with it mostly through SMS, but we essentially built a service that empowers couples to build stronger relationships by providing them personalized relationship advice through text
1: messaging. Awesome. And this is brand new, right?
0: Yeah. Brand new. We're totally using a diff, like a better and revised version. And it's totally the beginnings too. Like we have, like we're going to be releasing more and more features as the months and weeks come.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'm so excited that like, I'm not interviewing you in five, 10 years from now where it's like tell me the whole story of how it all happened like this is so exciting to get to see like this thing that you're in the middle of building and i can't wait to see what it's going to become in six months and a year and um so yeah i just i love seeing where you've come and hearing about where you're wanting to take this thing um but tell me kind of what do you hope people who are using love intently what do you hope they're getting out of this why why should people consider it and what what does this do for them
0: Yeah. Thank you. Um, I really just want to empower people to have tangible ways to build a strong relationship day to day. Cause what we realized in all the interviews that we've ever done is that when you ask somebody, what is something meaningful that someone's done for you, or what are some of your favorite things that your spouse does for you? It's always the small little things that we don't think about, except we live in a culture where we're just celebrating like the grand big engagements and the the um, crazy ways that people ask each other to prom or yeah. these big weddings and like that's kind of supposed to be define your entire relationship
1: i know i thought like <laughs> i i took my wife to disney world and she's like more excited that i gave her back rub last week and so like oh my gosh that was cheaper and but honestly like it's harder sometimes to like it's easier for me to think about Disney World than it is for me to think about a Tuesday afternoon and what she actually needs at that moment.
0: Totally, totally. And I think it requires you to be present and aware and intentional on your day-to-day and really make your life not just about yourself. Like you are saying, whether it's like for this these next 30 minutes or the, the next five minutes, I'm gonna think about um, what's a way that I can love them better. Yeah. And that's actually a fundamental question that shifted my relationship with my parents. Like I remember in this like season of awkwardness of like, why is my daughter asking me all these weird things? One question that I did ask was like, how can I be a better daughter to you? And it meant a lot to them. And they didn't even have anything crazy to say. Like literally, I think my mom was like, I just want you to eat dinner with us more often. And I was like, I can do that. <laughs> yeah. And so that's what really love intently is, is in a way to empower people to get to know their significant other more, but also empower them to be more intentional in their day-to-day life and bring more consciousness or intentionality into the way that we love. Because I think we have so many tools out there to help us with our physical bodies, of like whether it's like our Apple Watches reminding us when to drink water or how many steps that we've taken today or, or our alarms waking us up in the morning or telling us when to go to bed tracking our sleep patterns. But what about the most important part of our lives? Like there's tons of research out there that shows that directly links the relationships in our life to our happiness and longevity of our life. And so that's what I really hope to empower people is to not just for them to be fulfilled and their basic necessities, but really empower them to fill up this other area of their life that means so much, but there's just kind of a big gap right now.
1: And you're totally right. Like we all kind of intuitively feel and would and would say and recognize like relationships are probably what it all boils down to. Like that's what makes me really happy, what brings me the most joy, what um, I would most not want to lose. Yet at the same time, like what are we spending most of our money on, our time on, our energy, our thoughts around um, money or what we're working on or our apps on our phones are more about like, let me get the cheapest flight and let me, you know, whatever. It's like all of these things that we have in our life are kind of not centered around that Like our, we don't spend much time Focusing on the thing that we feel and recognize Is probably the most important And uh, it really wasn't until you were sharing this with me That I was like wow So true Like we just feel like we can wing it When it comes to that um, So, But tell me about Behind Love Intently And um, how you guys are going about Empowering people To, um, to better love And uh, create better relationships You, I feel like and I know um, that you haven't just made up what you think is the best way about going about that. Um, So tell me about kind of any research you've done or interview or like talking with experts or what what process has led you to deciding this is how we're going to go about doing this.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So there's actually um, a ton of research that has come out in the last few decades around positive assurances and understanding like what really empowers people to stay together. Because before the last, I would say half a century, most research was focused primarily on conflict and, and how to overcome conflict. And But nobody was really researching, researching happy couples. So Dr. Lisa Neff, she is our advisor. Her research has shown that most people assume that over time your negative experiences increase and then that's why people get divorced. Mm. But really it's that your positive interactions drop drastically over time. And That your negative interactions or that the conflicts that you've had were kind of always there. They were just felt heightened because you weren't having these positive interactions to counter it. And like if you think about like when a couple starts dating or when they're first married, like you are going out of your way to build these like happy moments. You're just far more intentional. Mm -hmm. But as life gets crazy, maybe you start putting some things on the back burner. You skip date nights frequently the negative interactions really start to take over. And so think of it kind of as like a a bank of positive assurances. Uh, If a couple that has built up a large bank and they experience miscommunication or some sort of tragedy or life just happens, which happens to everyone, like Mm -hmm. I don't care who you are, (laughs) you're going to have miscommunication. It's just human. Then you're withdrawing from a full bank. But if you... Are somebody that doesn't have a bank of positive assurances built up, you're pretty much withdrawing from an empty bank. And so that's whenever you'll see relationships kind of fall apart. And Dr. John Gottman has this research that shows, and he has like a 90% accuracy rate on predicting whether a couple will encounter a divorce or not within mm. like the first 10 to 20 minutes of meeting them. Oh, wow. Which is pretty insane. Um, that couples that show a one-to-one positive to negative interaction ratio typically encounter divorce, whereas healthy couples show a more five-to-one positive to negative interaction ratio. Mm. And so that is a framework that we've kind of built it around and is for relationship management is what they call it. And these things range from shared task to um, affirmations, to sharing a social network and different things like that. And so we just empower couples in small nuggets in ways in their day-to-day life because I don't like you can read all the books that you want but it's whole like it's one thing to read it and then you put it down and six months later that information starts to fade and it becomes harder and harder to actually apply day-to-day.
1: That's what I love about Love Intently is how it actually is helping you apply these things um, that whether there's some things that we just kind of know and feel like I know my wife needs to be loved differently than I receive love. There's things like that that I kind of just feel, but I can't always put my finger on what is that like, Um, or I know I should probably take some time out and think about what are her needs, how can I surprise her with something, how can I do something, but to actually apply those things when it's Tuesday and you're drained is another thing. And that's why I love that this is all about application, but it's not just application, it's also personalized application that it kind of gets to know you how you receive love what you need so that you know i can know for ashley what what does she need from me so i i love that it comes alongside me as like a, a partner in my marriage and helping me best do that so uh so yeah i just think it's awesome what you're working on and how it all started hearing about your personal relationship with your parents but tell me about your relationship status right now um because you are working on this thing That is, um, I I just imagine that your life right now is like all about couples and dating and engaged and married. and, um, But tell me about where you're at right now.
0: Totally. So I am currently single and I've actually never been in a serious relationship. And this is something that I was really insecure about for a while. And it really, I think it was because a lot of the relationships I tried to be in early on weren't healthy. Like they I had this like savior complex. And so it was mm. going after people that weren't in a place where they could even be in a healthy relationship. And I had no idea what that looked like. And in fact, ironically, I remember right before I went on that mission trip to Greece, uh, I told my roommates, I was like, I'm never getting married. I was like, that's it. Like God made me to be single. I am. Were you excited child. about that? I was like, or? yeah, I just felt like a relief. I was like, I figured it out. <laughs> and then the whole summer it was, I remember meeting these incredible, um, couples that had been married and I had just really closely seen what marriage could look like. And I, and I saw the value in that and then recognize also my, I'd spent so much of my life almost like pushing away people's love because I think in that season, I don't know that I fully believed that I was like worthy or capable of it. Mm -hmm. And I think at the heart of Love Intently, that's really what I hope to do is empower people to also see through the stories and through the couples and through this podcast that they are fully capable of giving and receiving love if they choose it. And so I am currently single, but I think like at the core of it, it's like, even if I remain single for the rest of my life, but I am able to empower like, a hundred thousand, a million, or even just five couples to have a stronger relationship, that is a thousand percent worth it. Like all my efforts would have been worth it. And so, yeah, I think that love is something that we all deeply desire, but I also hope that this is a reflection that we can deeply want something and still maybe not have it ever and still celebrate it in other people. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there's a lot of brokenness in the world out of envy or jealousy because of that.
1: Yeah. And I think it's awesome that um, I can imagine the courage it took to be like, I'm single and yet I'm going to pursue this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. At the same time watching you um, over the past several months and learning from you about relationships, you know, I've been married uh, seven years now, but learning from you about like, Oh, this is how I can better my relationship. I feel like in some ways, partly because of who you are and your personality and what you're passionate about, but also because of your position in life. You're really set up well to do this because if I was to try to attempt this, I wouldn't be able to see past my own relationship and marriage. And it's great to, um, to be able to learn from you. And so I'm just so glad that you're doing this for so many other people too.
0: Yeah. And I think that's where I really see myself too, is I'm never going to fully be the expert or know everything. I'm always a learner. And I'm here on this journey with every other person on this podcast of like, we're just figuring it out of like, what is it that makes love work? And even psychologists that have studied this stuff for decades, like there's still stuff in their life. They're trying to figure out too, like they are no experts either. And I think that's, what's the beauty of love is, is nobody expects you to be perfect. They just want you to keep trying. Mm. And so, yeah, thanks for saying all that. Yeah, absolutely. Um,
1: <laughs> you can pay me later. For, um, okay, so tell me uh, who is Love Intently for? Who should go to loveintently.com? Who should be interested in the next episode of this podcast? Who are you doing this for?
0: Yeah, great question. I am doing this for every person that wants to learn how to have the strong relationships that they desire. And so love intently as a service or a platform right now is mostly for people in relationships. Um, but this podcast, I think wherever you are in life, you can glean a ton of wisdom from. And I'm really excited for the guests that we have coming Um but right now, our what we've built as far as our SMS service is primarily for couples who are in a committed relationship and they're looking to either maintain and keep the relationship strong or they may be in a lull in their relationship and wanting some, you know, tangible ways to build on that. Or even if you're in your early stages, like a lot of dating couples love us because we're almost like an expedited way to get to know each other. Mm. And so it's this fun way to explore like, oh, like you really resonated with that. I didn't know that. I would have never thought of that. Um, and so it's this fun way to discover and get to know each other with like a third party, a little birdie kind of just giving you some nudges.
1: Yeah, it's even like that for people who've been married seven years um, like us, where uh, you kind of feel like, I know, every, I've spent thousands of hours with this person. I know everything there is to know. And then you have something like this that's prompting you and helping you from, a, uh, like you said, a third party place, kind of um, able to open up the person that you thought you knew everything about. And so it's been great for us to kind of have that newness, um, which sometimes it's fun to have the comfort in your relationship. And sometimes it's fun to have the newness. And I love that uh, Love Intently helps with that.
0: for tuning in and listening to my story I was so terrified for so long for people to get to know me and yet our personal stories are the very thing that connects us all and though I am obsessed with cracking the code of love I do not have it all figured out so thank you for being on this journey with me I cannot wait to share the other incredible couples researchers and guests that we have on this season on the next episode we have the incredible Kimberly Holmes the CEO of Marriage Helper who has helped thousands of couples save their marriages and over 70% of people who go through their workshops, stay together and keep in mind that the most that attend are on the brink of divorce. Please be sure to subscribe and share with friends or head over to our Instagram at love.intently and join our incredible community of 43,000 others to let us know what you think. And lastly, if you enjoyed this episode and want to support us, we set up a Patreon at patreon.com backslash love And that's P A T R E O N.com backslash love intently. It's a platform where you can give as little as a dollar a month to help us offset the overhead costs behind starting a
1: podcast.
0: Starting a podcast is so much fun, but it can be costly as you are still a startup special thanks again to Brandon for interviewing me. We have him and his wife, Ashley, come on later this season. So stay tuned. I absolutely love who both of them are and their approach with each other and their dreaming hearts to make the world a better place. You can find Brandon's work at howdybrandon.com, which I'll link everything in the show notes until next time with love and intention.